Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, I'm going to posit the question, is 1984 the best movie year of the last 50 years at least? Now, I did an episode on whether 1999 is, so I don't know if 1984 is a silver medalist, or perhaps you think it's even better than 1999. Now, 1984, I hold in high regard, partly because I was 10 years old, and my parents, given I was the youngest of three boys was not, they were not the most vigilant of guardians. My mom, I used to live in Houston and we used to have an amusement park called Astroworld. My mom would drop me off at age nine, I remember, because I remember seeing Depeche Mode concert at night alone when I was nine. She would just drop me off there in the summer you just go 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 and she dropped me off and I just spent the whole day at Astroworld riding rides. So when it came to movies, I was really good at sneaking into theaters because my, my mom would just drop me off at movie theaters and I would sneak into R-rated movies. And back in the 80s we had ushers and all these things, but I learned how to do it. Like I would get into a theater and I would sit next to an adult until the movie started and then I would move over. And I remember keeping count I think out of 34 R-rated movies I saw as a child, I only got caught one time. So in 1984, I distinctly remember sneaking into Beverly Hills Cop and Revenge of the Nerds. Those are the two 84 movies. Now, neither, you know, Beverly Hills Cop was a great commercial success, but Revenge of the Nerds is, is a cold classic. But still, I have fond memories of 84. So we're going to go through the movies of 1984. And so much of the movies of 1991, you're gonna see a good balance of comedy, drama, and so forth. I think the difference between 99 and 84 is 99, by that point, you definitely have the indies. And in the 80s, it was more, mostly just straight out Hollywood studio movies. And you had more sequels in the 90s, late 90s, than you are gonna have in 84. But let's get to it. Number one, in terms of grossing, or I should say, in terms of really popularity, but Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. Now, this is my least favorite. I would not say it. It's my least favorite of the classic three. I still haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet as of recording this. But, I mean, it was a humongous movie at the time. Interesting. Steven Spielberg said later on that he found this movie to be way too dark and he regrets making it the way he did. Number two, The Terminator classic movie. I mean, there's not much we could say about Cameron made this for very little money and it, it, it did very well. And I mean, what can we say? It spawned how many sequels? Only a couple of which were good. Classic movie. Number three, Dune. Dune. This is the David Lynch Dune with Kyle MacLachlan. Great movie. I mean, I don't have a problem with either of the Dunes. They're just, you know, given the graphics and special effects of 1984, it wasn't the best. But iconic movie. Number four, Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, this is Robert De Niro, James Wood. I mean, this is a classic, classic movie. Did very well, well regarded. Number five, 
Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, classic, iconic movie. Ackroyd, Bill Murray. God, I love that movie as a kid. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, Walking Around New York. Number six, The Karate Kid. Now, I might do a movies I love on The Karate Kid because this movie was so important to me. I remember in 1983 going to a theater by myself and it was for Breakin', the movie about breakdancing. And at the end of it, they said, if you'd like, you can stay. We're going to show a, uh, a sneak preview or a, a, a double a double feature of a movie you don't have to pay for, da 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 da, da. We just want to see how people are going to feel about it. And it was The Karate Kid. And I loved that movie because, again, I was a fat, nerdy kid and I related to Daniel getting bullied and him getting Elizabeth Shue, of course, is one of the sexy Saturdays I have here. Number seven, Police Academy. The first one, iconic comedy, made $81 million, which is quite a bit when you think about 1984 gross. Number eight is Amadeus. Uh, this was the Best Picture winner for that year. This is the one about Mozart. Uh, F. Murray Abraham is just amazing in this movie. Tom Holes, I mean, I, I don't know. Mila Foreman, director, just a great movie. Number nine, Conan and the Destroyer. This is the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. It has a little more humor in it. It's got Grace Jones in it. Wilt Chamberlain, great movie. I think I probably, the original is darker, but I think maybe it's not as watchable because it's a little too dark. Number 10, 16 Candles. You get the first of the John Hughes movies. Iconic. I mean, it's probably the funniest. Uh, you know, Breakfast Club, we've done that on the on Dad Corner. Breakfast Club, I think, is a little too too heavy on the drama. Drama. It's more of a dramedy. Sixteen Candles is just. I mean, a lot of the things they couldn't do now, like the nerd having sex with the girlfriend and some of the other stuff. What you know, they couldn't do it. But so great movie. Number eleven, double, Never Ending Story. The Never Ending Story. I remember the Lamal song from Kaja Guguli Singer. I thought, even as a ten year old, I thought that was a stupid movie. But either way, you got Body Double. With Melanie Griffith, crime movie, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, came out this year. That spawned how many sequels? Beverly Hills Cop, $234 million it made. In 84, in 84, it made more than Raiders of and Temple of Doom at 179. And Terminator, you know, we think of T2 being a blockbuster. T1 only made 38 mil. It didn't make a lot of money. But Ghostbusters made 238, and Beverly Hills Cop made 234. So you know you, these are some of the biggest grossing ones. And the, the original Beverly Hills Cop is good. The second one isn't that good. The third one is better. But I mean, come on, Banana and the Tailpipe. The first one's so good. Fifteen, The Last Starfighter. This is that really kind of geeky movie with Robert Preston and, and Lance and Guest, and it's the video game that comes to life. It's kind of geeky. It was a pretty stupid movie. Supergirl with Helen Slater, Splash with with Tom Hanks, Gremlins came out this year, made 148 million with my girl Phoebe Cates. That was a Richard Donner movie, I think, produced. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is the Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I think that movie was produced by Spielberg, if I'm not mistaken, by Amblin. Classic movie. Friday the 13th, the final chapter came out. It was not the final chapter. Footloose came out in 1984, made 80 mil. The classic. Romancing the Stone. Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Arguably, I would not say like one of Douglas's best movies, but most rewatchable movies. And you can see it how it's completely ripped off by Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum in The Lost City last year. Revenge of the Nerds made 40 million. Not bad for the budget. 1984 came out that year. Didn't do that well. John Hurt, the, 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 or the George Orwell classic novel. Red Dawn, Wolverine, Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson getting blown up on the rock. Charlie Sheen, great movie. They remade it and it was horrible. This is Spinal Tap came out in 1984. Classic Rob Reiner. Interesting, it only made 4.7 million, but it's such an iconic movie. Children of the Corn came out. He wants you too, Malachi. It's such a stupid movie, but it's such a great Stephen King novel, and the movie's all right. Top Secret, the spoof movie, kind of the, the successor to uh, Airplane came out. Streets of Fire with my girl Diane Lane. God, that was such a tank. I mentioned in the Diane Land Sexy Saturday how she passed up so many movies that ended up being gigantic. Bachelor Party, Tom Hanks came out in 84. The Natural came out in 84. Robert Redford's baseball movie. Such a great movie. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. That was such a weird movie. I remember being 10 and my elder brother was into Prince. And you think about it from a kid's perspective, Prince was weird. I, I used to love, SNL used to have that skit with Fred Armisen as Prince and Maya Rudolph as Beyonce. It was such a funny skit. Great movie though. Weird movie. Um, the Woman in Red, that's a weird Gene Wilder movie. Against All Odds, take a look at me now. The Bounty love that movie. Mel Gibson doing uh, Fletcher Christian, Anthony Hopkins, Mutiny and the Bounty movie. Love that movie. Johnny Dangerously, the comedy with Michael Keaton. The Killing Fields, Sam Waterston. What a classic, hard movie to watch, but a good movie. Starman with Jeff Bridges. Star Trek Search for Spock. Now, I mean, not as good as... Con! Search for Spock was all right. I mean, they had, you, you knew they were going to find a way to bring him back. But I mean, it's, it, it was such a great year. Such a great year. 
uh, for movies. And those are just the main movies that came out that year. If you want to look at the Academy Awards for 1985, Amadeus won, as I mentioned. Um, Amadeus won for Best Director. Amadeus won for Best Actor. Places in the Heart, Sally Field, Best Actress. Uh, the Killing Fields, Hung Nagore. I don't remember that one. That's Best Supporting. Passage to India. I vaguely remember that because that movie is kind of like the movie right up my alley. Um, it's based on a Forster novel, Ian Forster novel, a British period movie. But it was the year definitely that Amadeus just swept everything. It's interesting to look at these movies on, on dates of release. Footloose was released on February 17th. You would think that that movie would be more of a summer movie, but again, this is, if you notice, there's no IP or very little IP. It's all original movies, Children of the Corn. Some of these are based on, on books, but all of them are original movies. Repo Man that came out in March. Splash came out in March. Ice Pirates. I remember that one. I used to watch that on cable. It's such a stupid movie. Police Academy came out in March. Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan. I remember that movie. That was like a misguided Tarzan. I mean, it was more of a, a dramatic Tarzan um, adaptation. It's just interesting to see, like, by perusing these, there's no sequels and there's very little IP. And if you juxtapose that with this, the last 10 years, really, apart, I mean, you could say it was definitely before Marvel. How many diehards did we have and, and how many... Transformers did we have and how many Jurassic Parks that we had and so forth but it was such a different year you had Hard Bodies I remember that bad comedy that came out in May 16 Candles came out in May as well Firestarter you remember the Drew Barrymore kid where she could throw fire that came out Indiana Jones came out in May 23rd Ghostbusters and Gremlins both came out the same day in, in the summer, June 8th, June 8th. Karate Kid came out on June 22nd. Yeah, it was just, just a Muppets Take Manhattan came out in 1984. The Rainbow Connection, I love Meatballs 2, Cheech and Chong, The Corsican Brothers. I don't remember that Cheech and Chong. I didn't even know they did a movie on the joy of sex. Well, it didn't do well. It was only $4 million. Cloak and Dagger with the, the kid from Henry Thomas from E.T. I remember that one because it, it was filmed in San Antonio, Texas. I'm from Texas. Dreamscape. Dennis Quaid. Kate Capshaw. I remember that movie about going into people's dreams. That came out in 84 to Oxford Blues. Oh, man. I remember. Distinct memory. This is peak Rob Lowe. He's the fish out of water, has to go to Oxford, and he ends up crewing, rowing. I remember I, I, I was at the Plitt Cinema in suburban Houston, and I'm all with my mom, because like all women, my mom had a crush on him. And at the end of the movie, once the movie's over, they do this, this scene where they just have Rob Lowe dancing in front of a mirror. And I cannot tell you, the women were just screaming and swooning. They wouldn't leave the theater. Oh, oh the dude's a good looking dude. I'm not going to lie to you. The dude is a good looking dude. Armadeus came out in September. Interesting, they didn't release it back then in November. Irreconcilable Differences came out this year. So Drew Barrymore had a good year. She plays the kid in that movie. That movie 
kind of a sad, if, you're, if you have a divorce background, don't watch that movie. Teachers was another movie that came on 84. That's on Nick Nolte and um, about the teachers in, in an inner city school. Razor's Edge, that was Bill Murray's foray into drama that didn't really work. Ghostbusters was a much better thing for him. Look at Terminator. Terminator came out late October. I find this fascinating. Beverly Hills Cop came out in December. So it was a Christmas movie. You never would think that. Cotton Club came out in 84. This was another tank. Poor Diane Lane. Can't get any breaks. That movie was Coppola. It had so many great people in it, and it tanked. It only made $25 million. Dune came out Christmas time as, as well. Starman came out in Christmas time. Break into Electric Boogaloo. I never saw Break into. I think I definitely saw Break in One. But the Christmas movies are interesting. So the movies that came out December 21st were Birdie, The Flamingo King, Johnny Dangerously, Mickey and Maude, and Protocol. So they hadn't figured out the December uh, Christmas release dates making a lot of money at that point. Either way, that's 1984. It is a classic year, in my opinion. Amazing. You good? Let's review the grossing movies. The number one movie of 1984 was Beverly Hills Cop at 234, then Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, number three, Gremlins 4, Terms of Endearment. That was released in... 83, and we'll talk about the big movie that actually made the most money in 1984, which was released in 1983. Maybe some of you can guess it because it's previous IP. Then you had The Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, Romancing the Stone, Star Trek, Search for Spock, Splash, Purple Rain actually ended up being the 12th best movie. I totally forgot about The Big Chill, but I think The Big Chill was a 1983 movie in the winter that just kept making money. But the big movie of 1984 that made 252 million was Return of the Jedi. And Return of the Jedi came on 83 in May of May of 1983. It ended up making 252 million in 84. In 84. Guys, I appreciate you rate and review this on Apple or Spotify. It helps with the algorithm. I'll post a poll over at Spotify. You let me know what you think of the 1984 movies, if it was one of the best years ever or of recent time. There's a link for PayPal, of course, and there's a link to the Eclectical Gregorio feed. But the best way to listen to these is just listen to them on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.